Hey, I'm the proud parent of three children. Um, Aiden's on the right, uh, Joel's on the left, and Alicia's in the middle. That, was, that photo was taken about a year ago. Nine, seven, and three years of age. Very blessed. I'm a very blessed parent. Um, it was maybe 10 years ago. Michelle went to the doctors, came home, came to the back door of our house. I was working in the backyard, and she called out, Nathan, I have something to talk to you about. Okay. So I went to the back door, and then she says to me, Nathan, I'm pregnant. I'm like, huh? <laughs> Not, woohoo, that was, I was like, huh? Are you serious? I was shocked. Shocked. Didn't know how to respond. That's unusual for me. Didn't know what to say. That's unusual for me. Shocked. And I remember sitting there one day, and my brother-in-law, Sam Wiley, was living next door at the time, and he saw me. He goes, Nathan, what's wrong? Because of the, because of the shock. On my face. Hey, things have changed since then, and I'm a very, very blessed parent, and I'm so excited, and I'm so excited to have my children. I really am. They're, they're amazing kids. They are really amazing kids. It took me a while to get into that routine. I suppose that's true for all of us. But what a privilege it is as a parent to be able to influence children, to be able to train them, to be able to love them, to be able to develop them, to be outstanding, outstanding adults. And for, the, the vision I have for my children is to is to see them follow Jesus all the days of their life. I ask them a question, what's the most important thing in life? And they will answer. If you ask them that, they will answer to follow Jesus because that's what I want my kids to do for, the, for, for all the days of their lives. And, and, if, and if you're a parent this morning, man, raising kids is a huge responsibility. And maybe you're going to be a parent one day. And maybe you've even got grown-up kids. You know, having kids is a, is a wonderful opportunity and wonderful privilege that the, that the Lord gives us. And we're in this series around moving forward together and treating people well. And this morning, what I want to do this morning is give you 13 words every child needs to hear from their parents. Parents, I'm going to help you this morning. And if, you're, if you think to yourself, my kids are growing up well, at the second half of this message, the rubber's going to hit the road for you. Okay? The second part, and if you haven't got kids, it's okay because you've all got parents. And the second part of this message is going to be right for you. But please listen to the first part. 13 words every child needs to hear from their parents. And the, and the context of these words is Matthew chapter 3. And it's, a, and it's a passage where Jesus has gone down to the Jordan River to be baptized by John the Baptist. He hasn't done ministry yet. He hasn't got followers yet. He's just about to start. And this is what we read. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It's proper, it's proper for, for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. Imagine this for a moment. Jesus goes into the water and then comes out, and then just the most incredible thing happens. At that moment, Heaven was opened, and they saw, he saw the Spirit of God descending upon him and upon Jesus like a dove and alighting on him. And then we have the voice of the Father, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, because that's God speaking, yeah? Do I sound like God? This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Not like that? Or, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. You can imagine it in lots of different ways, however God would say that. 
And friends, they're the 13 words. This is my son or daughter whom I love with you, with, with him, I am well pleased. This is my son, four words, whom I love, three more. Three plus four is seven, seven more. With him, I am well pleased. You know, in this passage, in this little, um, in, in, in these 13 words, the first thing God says about his son, not just to Jesus, but to everyone who was surrounded, everyone who was getting baptized on that day, all the crowds who were listening to, to, to John the Baptist preach, he declares about his son that this is my son. And when I hear that, I sense this, that, uh, that uh, God is saying, you belong. Jesus, you belong to our family. You fit here. You are safe here. By saying to your children, you are my child, you are my son, you belong here. And friends, we're all created to belong. We're all created to belong to something. When I was 15 years old, I was at a friend's party, and I've shared this story in church before. Um, I was 15 years old at a friend's party, and we were down at a local park in Padstow called Clark Reserve. And there was a toilet block, and, and in those toilet blocks, they have the roof, and they have a gap, and then and there's the wall, that, so, you can, enter, so you, got, you can enter in, but there's a wall, and there's the roof, and there's a gap. Who knows what I'm talking about? I should have done a photo anyway. So we were climbing up in the gap, and it was hard to get in, and for some reason, we were climbing on toilet blocks, 15-year-old boys, and, and we were sort of up there holding on awkwardly. And for some reason, my so-called friends decided to spit at me. And they went, Pooh! and Pooh! and Pooh! And I got covered in green golly. Who's laughing? Everyone's like, oh. Anyway, I couldn't get down. I couldn't move. It was really difficult. It took me a while to um, get down. And I was so upset. You know what I did? I bolted home. I could run. still like to run. And I ran home to mum, and I told mum the story. I had a big cry, jumped in the shower, had a shower. And, and, and what I worked out on that day, that my friends, that, that, I, that I didn't belong there, it wasn't a safe place, I didn't fit with the friends. But what I also worked out was that I was safe at home. I belonged at home. I fitted there. And that was the place I returned to when I, was, when I had a horrible situation. Friends, do you create a place where your kids belong? Is your home a place where your kids feel like, I fit here, I'm safe here, I belong here? And friends, we can um, create that sort of place by using words and actions. Words, we can say, you are my son, you are my daughter. You can say, this is to, to your children, this is our home, these are our things. This is your room, these are your possessions because you live here, you belong here. And, and, and one of the things I uh, use with my kids is say, hey, we're, we're on the same team. Yesterday, um, I was trying to empty out the dishwasher. Well, I, was em- I wasn't trying. I was doing the dishwasher. Isn't that awesome? Dishwasher? Yeah, well done, Nathan. And uh, Joel was sitting on the couch, and I went, hey, Joel, can you help me with the dishwasher? And he goes, it's not my day, Dad. I think they have Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, Aidens, Tuesdays. Michelle knows that. She just organizes it. She's wonderful. Yeah, Michelle. Um, and I said, hey... Hey, uh, Joel, can you help me with the dishwasher? And he goes, it's not my day, Dad. And I said to Joel, hey, Joel, you're part of our team. You're part of the team. You're part of my family. Come and help me do it. And that was enough to get him because he belongs. He's part of his team. But, but you can also do it in actions. You can, give, you can give your kids responsibilities around the home, chores, empty the bins, age-appropriate, clean up things, whatever, take the bins out. 
do the washing up, clean up their possessions. And, and something that, that my parents did was try and come up with, with our group decision-making in your home. Now, obviously, when your kids are really little, that's difficult. But as your kids get older, if you, as a family, can make decisions together, that's a, that's a really good way for your kids to feel like they belong. When I was maybe year nine, um, in the 1993, maybe two, 1992, um, dad lost his job. Dad's here today. I'm going to talk about dad a fair bit today. I warned him and I said, dad, talking about you today, you may not want to come. But he's here and good on you, dad. Awesome. Dad uh, lost his job in about 1992. And it, we, we, I remember having a, a roundtable discussion with mum and dad, myself, Angie and Kurt, my brother and sister. And we talked about how dad lost his job and, and what were we going to do about it as a family. And, and at, that, at, at that table, we uh, talked about mum and dad getting into house cleaning. We talked about delivering, delivering pamphlets and delivering the, the our local paper, the torch. As a family, we talked about doing Leamington drives. And what are the other ways that we could make money as a family to survive? And how could we as kids be involved with that? And I still remember that. And I think that was really significant in me feeling like I belonged because we were in it together. Helpful? Helpful. So do you create a place where your kids feel like they belong to your home? You can do it in words and you can do it in actions because, friends, if kids don't belong, if kids feel like they don't belong, it, it, it affects them. Firstly, their thinking. They can start to think to themselves, I don't fit. I am a nobody. I am different from everyone else. They can start to feel like they're, they're rejected. I don't matter. I don't belong. And that's how I felt with my 15-year-old friends. I didn't feel like I fitted with them. And three, the thinking, the feeling, and the actions, which can result in they look to belong to other groups and try and fit in with them. And some of the groups your kids might look for may not be the ones that you want them involved in. But then kids can also isolate themselves from other people. If they feel like they belong, they, they are, don't belong, well, that's me, I'm just going to isolate myself. You know, it's vital that we create an environment where kids feel like they belong. The second thing the father says about his son, he says this, whom I love. God was saying, the father was saying about his son, I love you, Jesus. And for all of us, again, there is something in us where we, where we want to be loved, where we want to be valued where we want to be cared for. And as parents, you know, it's vital that, that we create an environment where kids are loved in our home. How often do you tell your kids that you love them? In words. Every day? Awesome. Michelle tells a story that she wasn't told that very much as a kid. She was shown love, but very rarely was, did she hear those words? How often, are you t- how often do you tell your kids that you love them? You know, words are so important. And for, and for me, I, I, I don't remember my, my dad telling me many times that he loved me. Maybe you did. I can't remember that. But, but what stood out was that he called me mate. Come on, mate. And when he called me mate, I felt loved. I still like to be called mate, by the way, dad, so I keep doing that. Um, <laughs> when he had this term for me that was a term of 
intimacy, a term of connection, I felt greatly loved by my dad. And words, saying I love you and using phrases to describe them is, is really helpful. But, but it can also be in your actions. You know, for, for some kids it's physical touch that, that they love. And I remember as a kid again with my dad, my dad used to grab me and then he used to kiss us on the cheek. And not just once, but over like a, like a machine gun. And then he'd chew on my ear. He'd go, chew, chew, chew. Uh, that's pretty cool. I uh, love that from my dad. You know, um, we can use words and actions. And I remember one, one day, dad came home from work, um, out of the blue, and he purchased a Young Einstein tape. Young Einstein was a movie back in the 90s. I have a picture at the end of this I'll show you. And, and, and he bought this home, this tape, and I just thought it was the best thing ever. And then we put it on, we played it over and over and over again. I felt love because of the gift that dad had given me. How do you show love to your kids? Do your kids know that you love them? You can use words, you can use actions. Because friends, if your kids don't feel loved, if they don't feel like they're loved, they, they can think like, I'm not loved. They can think like, I am unlovable. They can think like, I am no good. They can think like, nobody cares about me. Which, which then affects the way they feel. They feel unloved, they feel unimportant, they feel like they don't matter. They feel like they're not valuable, which, which, which then relates to actions. They look for love in other places. They act in unhealthy ways to gain love from others. They can relate to depression, self-harm, suicidal thoughts when a kid doesn't feel loved. The third thing the father says about it, there's the young Einstein thing that my uh, dad brought home. Who remembers that, anyone? Yes, lots of people. Awesome. Third thing the uh, father says about the son is this. With him, I am well pleased. With him, I'm well pleased. And this is about encouragement. This is about saying, son, you're doing great. Son, I'm proud of you. Son, well done. Just the other day, and, and for us, that's what we want as well, as kids, even as adults, to someone to believe in us, someone to tap us on the, tap us on the shoulder and say, you're doing great. You keep, keep it up. Um, just, just yesterday, I think it was, um, Alicia called me out to the backyard and she says, Daddy, I want to show you something. And so she grabs me by the hand and takes me out of the house into the backyard. She climbs up onto the trampoline and she says, watch, Daddy, watch, Daddy, and she starts to jump. And then she goes down, lands on a bum and backs onto her feet. And she goes, look, Daddy. And, I, and, and in that moment, I had a choice. I could say, Alicia, that's amazing. Well done. You jumped so high. You went down on your bottom. Didn't use bum, I don't think. On your bottom and got back on your feet again. Well done, Alicia. That's amazing. Or I could have said, is that all? You've been falling on your bum for the last two years as you've been trying to walk. How is that special? I uh, went with the first option, if you weren't sure which, which one I went with. Yeah, yeah, Nathan, again, good parent. You know, we can encourage our children. We can speak life into our children. We can see the things that they do well. And, and, and one of the things I've, I've done poorly as a parent, I think, is, is I've compared Aiden and Joel. I've said, Joel, you do that. I think you do that better than Aiden. I'm not so good, I don't think. Aiden, I think you, Aiden, Aiden, you do that better than Joel. That's not such a good thing. We should encourage kids in, in what they're good at. And, 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 and at their level, yeah? Encourage them at their level. For, for me growing up, I had a mum, still have a mum, if you know my mum, who encourages us, encourages us greatly with words, she says. Anything we did well, she celebrated it. 
But whenever we were naughty, we also found out about that too. But she was very much encouraged. From, from dad, though, I didn't have as much encouragement as mum. But that didn't mean dad didn't, that dad didn't encourage us. It was just mum's encouragement was way off the scale. And if you know my mum, you'll know what I'm talking about. And friends, we can encourage our kids with words and actions. We can say to them, you are, you're doing awesome. I noticed how you played with your sister today. Well done. You know, I'm proud to call you my son or my daughter. I often say that to my kids. I'm so blessed to have you as my son, Aiden. My son, Joel. You're an amazing daughter, Alicia. I love you very much. And, and uh, we can reward our kids for when they're doing awesome. We can take them away, take them away. Um, we can have a, a mum day. Mum takes our boys on dates to D2D's restaurant in Beverly Hills. And they have um, ice chocolate or something together. Um, you can give kids gifts, you can give rewards, go to their presentation days, things that show kids that we think they're doing awesome. And again, if kids don't feel like we're proud of them, if kids don't feel like they're encouraged, it can affect the way they think. They can think to themselves, I can't do anything well. I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. Which can relate to the way they feel. They feel like a fail. They feel like they have nothing to offer. And as a result, they don't try because no one's going to notice. They live life trying to, or they do the opposite, and they live, try, they live life trying to please people so that they feel okay. You know, it's vital that we set up an environment where our kids feel encouraged, where our kids feel like we're proud of them, where our kids feel like they're doing great. So friends, 13 words every kid needs to hear from their parents. This is my son, whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. Or you can change it. You are my son. I love you. I'm really pleased with you. So now is the second part of the message. And, and I, I want to speak to everyone in the room because... Because we're here, we all have parents. If we, didn't, we wouldn't be here without parents, yeah? And the, and the reality is, how we experience our childhood can affect us today. How, we, how our parents treated us can have huge effects on us, on us today. I uh, shared the story with you about how my uh, dad showed me love by doing lots of kisses and chewing my ear. Well, I now do that to my children, my poor children. I give them lots of kisses and I chew on their ear. I, sh- I shared the story how my uh, dad brought um, a, a, a young Einstein tape home just out of the blue. Well, just the other day, I bought my boys one of these each and they thought it was the best thing ever. I said, get your eye protection on, boys. Very, very important. Very Out of the blue, because I've copied from my dad. I, I, I told you how my friends spat at me and I felt like I didn't belong. Well, from that moment, I've struggled with friendship and I still struggle with friendship. I think I made a vow at that time and the vow is this. I don't need friends. That's the vow I made. Bad, because God's created that way. And, I'm, and I still struggle in friendship today. I don't do friendship well. I don't know how to do friendship well. I struggle in that area. And that pastor then is still affecting me today. I shared my story of how my mum encouraged me lots, but I didn't get it as much from my dad. 
And so today I still struggle with trying to please father figures in my life because I felt, I suppose I didn't feel like I got as much encouragement for dad as maybe as I would have liked. There's some stories of how my past has affected me and I think if, you've, if you think about your own journey and how your parents affected you, that would be, there'll be, there'll be things that, that carry on. For you, if, as a kid, if you felt like you didn't belong to your family, well, your thinking could, you, you could think that you don't fit, that you're nobody, and that you're different from everyone else. And, and that's something that if you don't get freedom from, that if you don't go to Jesus and, 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 and get his identity for your life, you can live in that all your days, which is like a chain wrapped around your arm or your leg, and it's, and it's holding you back from moving forward because this is not what God wants for your life. If you didn't belong, maybe you, feel re- you felt rejected and still today you feel rejected. You feel like you don't matter. You feel like that you don't belong. And maybe as a result, you try to fit in. You act in certain ways to try and fit into groups. Or you do the opposite and you isolate yourself, even today. If you felt like you were unloved by your parents, maybe you think even today that you're not loved, that you are unlovable. Maybe you think you're no good. Maybe you think no one cares about you. Maybe you feel unloved, that you're unimportant, that, unimportant, that, unimportant, that you don't matter, that you're not valued, which relates in some actions like you look for love in other places, you act in unhealthy ways to gain love from others. Maybe there's depression, there's even suicidal thoughts. We can carry this stuff from our childhood. And finally... If you weren't encouraged as a kid, maybe you think like even now that you can't do anything well. Maybe you feel like a failure. Maybe you feel like you're not good enough. You feel like you're a failure, you have nothing to offer and maybe your actions are you don't try because no one's going to notice. Or maybe you lived your life trying to please people so that you feel okay because you never felt like, because you, never felt like you had that as a kid. Holy Spirit, I pray that you do some work in this place now. Holy Spirit, reveal to us those areas where we're still carrying the stuff around our parents. Friends, if you can notice any of that stuff in your world today, my encouragement for you is this. Choose to forgive your parents. You know, parents aren't perfect. Sometimes they do awesome, and sometimes they do it really poorly. Thank them for the things they put in you which are awesome. And choose to forgive them for the way they haven't treated you in the way they should have. And the second thing I want to say, and this is the most important, go to Jesus for belonging. Go to Jesus for love. Go to Jesus for encouragement. You know, our, our parents have that God-like figure for us, particularly when, when, we're, when we're really little and when kids are really little. They think God is exactly like mum and dad. It's only as we grow we work out that's not true. <laughs> and God's actually so much more wonderful and incredible than, than mum and dad. And when we come to know Jesus as as our Lord and Saviour, then we really belong. 
we belong to him and we belong to a family that is much, much bigger than ourselves. When we come to Jesus, you know, he, he has loved us because of his death and resurrection for us. By him giving his life, that when we were far from God in our sin and our wrongdoing, when we were under God's wrath, when the relationship with God was separated because of our sin, God loved us in that to restore that relationship, to forgive our sin, to take the wrath of God upon himself. He loved us in that, but even loves us now. And we talked about how God is fighting for us last week. Melody shared a testimony first thing this morning. We've sung about his love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out, never runs out on me. God loves us now. And, and we can come to him from love and we can be, we can be complete in his love. And for encouragement, you know, God is so proud of you. If you're a Christian here this morning, if you're a person who said, Jesus, I, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. I'm sorry for the way that I've lived. If you've done that, you're a Christian this morning. God is so proud of you. Let me tell you why. Not because of what you've done, but because of what Christ has done for you. That when you come to him, Jesus says, come and I, and I, and I, and I wash you clean and you, now, and you now belong and that I love you and you're part of my family. And God sees us just like Jesus, pure and spotless and loved and, and one of his children. He's so proud of you. And yet, even in him being proud of us, we then choose to live a life where he's... Where, 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 where he is proud of us. And we can say at the end, just like the Apostle Paul, he says, when he longs to hear from God on that day, well done, good and faithful servant. We live a life where we, where we look forward to that day, where we stand in front of Jesus, where he says to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Friend, you, be, you belong to Jesus. He is your safe place. It's with him, it's within his body that you fit. You are loved through Jesus' death and resurrection and he loves you now. And he's fighting for you now and he's caring for you now. And he, when he looks at you, he thinks you're awesome. He, and, he, and he wants you to be encouraged to keep going in the journey. Why? Because of what Christ has done for you and because of how you're living for him now as you, as you lay your life down and as you choose to follow him. Friends, be encouraged today. And friends, you know, our, our parents aren't perfect, our parents weren't perfect. And it's easy to pick up some of the not good stuff and carry it all the days of our lives. But God's desire is for us to recognize the areas that we're carrying that that aren't good, that he doesn't want there. And, And choose to forgive our parents and then come to Jesus and get our belonging and our love and our encouragement from him. Now we're going to close. I'm going to ask Fiona to put a CD on. Do you know how to do that, Fiona? Thank you. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. Come on, worship team, come now. And friends, what we want to do this morning is that we want to pray for people. And if something that I've said, if, if the Holy Spirit has, has spoken to you, has unlocked something in you this morning around childhood or around how you, how, how you think about yourself or how you feel 
or the way that you're living that's out of alignment with what, with what God wants, I encourage you to come and stand with one of these people and I'll invite Nev and Julie to come and, and another leader too, Marcelo, come and join us. And, and if you like prayer this morning, come and stand with one of these people and they'll pray for you. And we'll ask God to move in your life. And let's see lives be transformed. Let's see freedom come. And let's see those chains be broken off and your identity found in God.